0: And that's a hole we can fill. So sharpen your fangs. It's time for.
1: I never saw that. Hey, Micah. Yeah. I want to suck your blood. Ah ah ah. Okay. I think that was just the count from Sesame Street. That was
0: pretty good. <laughs> the count but... actually. I don't think the count says that. One. That's pretty dark shit for Sesame Street.
1: <laughs> One. <laughs> yeah,
0: he just counts.
1: Micah, you want to explain to the people at home why I did an imitation of the Count from Sesame Street?
0: Well, well, I don't know if I can. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I know why. Give it your best shot. Okay. I think it might be because we watched a movie with a vampire in it. We watched... We didn't watch Sesame Street.
1: We watched Interview with a Vampire.
0: No, we watched Interview with the Vampire. For real? Yeah. You sure? Yep, I'm positive.
1: I'm looking it up right now. Go ahead and talk. Do you think <laughs> It's
0: interview with the vampire. This is one of those Mandela effect things, I think. I don't know what that You means. know what I'm talking about? Nope. So there's this phenomena that people talk about, um, and it's named after Nelson Mandela because apparently when he died, people, a bunch of people were like, wait, he already died in prison. He died like 10 years ago. And oh. people were like, no, that didn't happen. But people had this memory. There's another one about the Berenstain Bears. Uh-huh where people think it's spelled S-T-E-I-N, but it's actually S-T-A-I-N?
1: I I don't... Okay. I do not... I'm failing to see how like, thinking Nelson Mandela already died is the same thing as replacing the word (laughs) uh with the, or actually the word the with uh. There's
0: all these weird theories. So there are people that actually believe that It was the Berenstain Bears when they were kids, and it was changed. Like, history was changed, or there was a glitch in the Matrix, or it's a parallel universe thing or something.
1: What? What? And there
0: are people that think that Nelson Mandela actually died, but then, like, in a different parallel universe, he didn't die, and the two universes were merged. It's all very confusing. I'm
1: sorry. People think that.
0: People say that they think that. It's a whole internet. Go look on the interwebs, Jen. It's all over it.
1: You know what I think is funny about you, Micah, is that...
0: Tell us, You
1: are so, like, you find conspiracy theories so ridiculous, and you think people who believe in them are so stupid. But but I love them them. so much. And you love, like, you always know about them.
0: I do. I love doing research on them.
1: I mean, I think that the way we connect this shit that you're talking about to this episode is that perhaps Nelson Mandela.
0: Was a vampire?
1: Yeah, was. Oh, maybe. um, Made maybe into a vampire that's how that's what they say the mm. the one who made you
0: right so yeah something like that back uh, to back to what we were talking about you said interview with a vampire which is what a lot of people think it's called
1: yeah i looked it up and i am a big person and i can admit when i'm wrong <laughs> but not this time
0: okay so this is once again it's probably a parallel universe where ann rice actually wrote a book called interview with a vampire and published it that way but in our universe that we're currently in, it's interview with the vampire.
1: That's the stupidest thing I have ever
0: heard in my life.
1: So (laughs) on that note, speaking of stupidity, I want to answer the rest of a question that was asked several weeks ago that we started answering two weeks ago. By the way, I'm so sorry we did not have an episode last week and our episode the week before that was late. We are... Still I,
0: recovering from having to watch Full House.
1: <laughs> that takes a lot of recuperation. Uh, no, I'm going to school and our evenings are... We don't have as much time and evenings are when we record. So we're trying to figure that out. But we didn't include this part in the Full House episode because that I don't know if you noticed, if you listened to that one, that episode was very long. So I'm going to answer the academic part of Leah's question. I talked some last week about what the transition was like from going, I went straight from the Therapeutic Boarding School Montana to college. Uh, I got a little off track talking about it, but anyway, I talked about what it was like to be sober in that environment and kind of the fallout with my whole Montana experience and the The illusion being shattered. There were a couple other parts of the question. One was, was the newfound freedom overwhelming? And the answer is yes. I had just come from a situation where every minute of every day was prescribed. every single bite of food I had was measured exactly and written down and analyzed. Uh, You know, I had group therapy for three hours every night. I had morning exercise every morning at the exact same time. You know, I had a very strict routine and schedule. So the newfound freedom was overwhelming. I was very happy about it. Uh, But I will say that, you know, we were not allowed to eat sugar in Montana. And so I know that everybody gains weight when they go to college. That's like the stereotype and I I actually got into a pattern of, like, binging for a while. I tried to become bulimic, but I was not really able to make myself throw up. Really? So, mostly I was just binging. Yeah, because I could eat whatever I wanted. And mm-hmm. I just had this really, uh, I don't know, sort of addict response to that. So, anyway, I gained a lot of weight and... um ate a lot of sugar, and eventually, you know, my eating habits, like, sorted themselves out.
0: And you also weren't hiking for miles and miles and miles and biking in the cold.
1: Exercising. I don't remember if I was exercising at all, really. I don't know. So uh, the other part of the question was about academics and if college was really hard after coming from Montana and whether we actually learned what we were supposed to learn in 11th and 12th grade, which are great questions. Uh, My first semester at college was actually very easy for me. It was the only time in my college career or in any part of my academic career ever when I got a four point. And I think that that is, it's partially because I was taking mostly music classes and that was easy for me, but um, it's also because of the Work ethic that I came with, I think. Um,
0: and you were still sober at that point.
1: Yeah, true.
0: And you were, yeah, you were focused on. You know, it was a totally different situation. I'm sure you wanted to do really well. You turned your whole life around, pretty much, and
1: yeah. So, yeah, but so did I learn everything I was supposed to learn? No. <laughs> But I wouldn't say, like, our classes weren't, well, it depended on the class. So I had a really great literature class. The thing is that they didn't, I don't really know how academic standards worked back then or if we had them in the same way. But, you know, this school, they could basically do whatever they, want, they wanted. so Right.
0: Well, they weren't licensed, like, therapists. They weren't trained therapists or anything. Were Did anyone have a teaching credential? Oh, or? no,
1: no. But it's like it's like any sort of private institution. They didn't have to follow those rules. They did eventually get accredited. In fact, that might have happened while I was there. I don't know. Hmm. But anyway, so I had a great literature teacher. Um, That's all we did. (laughs) In whatever grade, that's what you did. You just read great books and discussed them and wrote papers on them. Um, That was great. And I read a lot of books that Other people who went to normal high school didn't read. But that also means that I didn't read a lot of the books that everyone else read. Mm -hmm. So there's that. I had a pretty good science teacher. Um, Math was terrible. (laughs) I took Algebra 2, and I can't tell you even one thing about Algebra 2. So it it was horrible. Um. What else? What other classes? Oh, we had a music class technically, but it was just singing songs.
0: You just sat around and sang like. But Grateful what's Dead funny songs? is
1: the, uh, our music teacher. Did you say Grateful Dead songs? Yeah. No, but we did sing John Denver. <gasps> Ooh, I should sing that song sometime. Annie's song, beautiful song. Um. It was my music teacher who actually said you should major in music when you go to college because, you know, you can you can sight read music pretty well, and I don't know, whatever. Yeah, those are kind of all the classes I can think of. So I guess the answer is yes and no. I sort of learned some things I was supposed to learn in 11th and 12th grade. I would say overall, probably not, because they just were doing whatever they wanted to. And you know, when I took classes that were not music classes, it wasn't as easy for me, of course, but I don't, I've never really thought that that was much related to Montana. I mean, I didn't, My uh, Back then, I don't know how it works now with undergrad, but back then if you scored well enough on your math SAT and you were not majoring in
0: a field that required math,
1: uh, you didn't have to take any math. So I never took another math class. So anyway, I I didn't feel particularly unprepared academically or particularly challenged academically um, except by... You know a few classes here and there i i I will say I said I was not unprepared academically. I was very unprepared um science wise I did and before I left home, so my sophomore year of high of regular high school before I left, I was a total mess I mean I was high all the time I was not going to school very often, but I did take a biology class. I failed it. I mean, I failed everything at that time, except French, I think, because I had a fucking rad French teacher who probably gave me a D or something. (laughs) But, you know, I failed because I just was like,
0: fuck this. Yeah. So you didn't have a lot of credits going to Montana.
1: Oh, I had. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's something I forgot. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, I did have to make up. Those of us who graduated high school there, if we hadn't had certain credits, we did have to make them up. Hmm. So I had to take extra classes. I had to take an extra science class, now that I think about it, I think, which basically just meant me having projects or, you know, assignments I had to complete. Mm -hmm. And as far as um, language arts, I had extra books to read and, in fact... um, Crime and Punishment was one of those. Wow, uh, I think The Count of Monte Cristo might have been another one. Anyway, yeah, I forgot about that. That I did actually have to make up those credits. So in that way, it was legit. I mean, it was a legit school. Like I had to have, I still had to have the right,
0: right. And they of had to have some sort of uh, accreditation because right. you got I graduated, a diploma. Yeah, I got a diploma. Yeah.
1: Um. But it sucks that I failed that biology class because I had a great teacher and I've never been, I, I've always struggled with science classes anyway, but so yeah, I failed my biology class. And then I took, um, an environmental science class that I fucking loved in Montana Mm. that, that was taught by one of my favorite staff members there who was fired. You know why? Because he was kind and wonderful. Mm. So that actually was the time while I was there that I felt the most ire about something that they were doing. When they like toward them, like I felt the most rebellious. I didn't do anything about it. I
0: don't so they think. really fired him because they fired it was him too easy on you guys. No, or I don't
1: remember what the exact issue was. Maybe he questioned something they did, or I don't know. Hmm. But I was. pissed and I actually stayed in touch with him for a while but he was amazing um yeah anyway I think I'm done talking about this but hopefully I answered the question without boring everyone to death
0: and if it brought up other questions that you guys are curious about let us know
1: yeah for real what you just heard we don't know through the magic of
0: audio editing We took you on a time travel journey.
1: We are going to try to transition,
0: but our brains in a
1: cool way can't do it. Okay, let's talk about this fucking movie.
0: Okay, interview with a vampire.
1: The vampire. Well, and the actually kind of does make sense when you think about it because actually no, it doesn't because I was backwards on the reason I was going to give.
0: Okay. So forget it. Good.
1: It doesn't make any sense. It should be interview with a vampire. There is an actual interview with a vampire Mm -hmm. in this movie.
0: And it opens in San Francisco. And the first thing I wrote down... So we have an Apple TV, and they have this really cool screensaver that is like flyovers of different cities. And this new one just showed up on our TV right before we started watching this movie. And it's a flyover with a drone into like San Francisco. And that's how this movie starts. It starts with a flyover of like the bay and... You see the bridge, and then it flies up to the waterfront of San Francisco, and it's the exact same angle.
1: That's weird. And because I wonder
0: how many other films start that way with that shot.
1: Do you wonder that? Yeah, you could probably figure that out, but I don't think any of our listeners give a fuck. <laughs> um, I think it's interesting that we're wa- that that we're doing two episodes in a row On San that Francisco. take place in San Francisco, which is not a super common you know, setting for movies yeah. and stuff. So, hey, good job to us.
0: We're in the San Francisco season. We're making sure. I never saw that.
1: So this is a horror movie.
0: It's also, I think it's a comedy, right? Mm-hmm. Horror comedy? No.
1: Oh, were you making a joke? I
0: was making a joke, yeah. It's not it's... supposed to be funny, but it's it... some some Well, funny. actually,
1: the only part of this movie that I really enjoyed watching mm. was... There was a period that was very funny. It was dark, very, very dark, and very, very funny. And that's when um, Kirsten Dunst's character is introduced. But um,
0: Yeah, she's a little girl in this.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Um, Should we give a quick plot synopsis for people who haven't seen this?
0: Ah, yes.
1: I mean, basically, okay, so it's like the 1700s? Well, no, it starts
0: in like the present day. In San Francisco. No, yeah, but okay. And Brad Pitt is being interviewed by Christian Slater. We're oh, not sure I love
1: Christian who Slater. the fuck Christian Slater
0: is, but apparently he's some sort of journalist. They ran into each other in the park and then Brad yeah, Pitt that... brought him back to this room and just started telling him his story. Mm-hmm. So I, one thing I do want to say before we get into this too far, I think that I have not read the book or books. I think there are multiple books. I think if you had read the book, this film would be a lot more interesting, or you'd hate it because they turned it into a movie and didn't do it right. What
1: makes you say that?
0: Because it was clear that many of the things that work well in a book did not translate well to the screen. There were a lot of scenes where I was like, oh, I could see how she could spend a page or two describing this, and it would be interesting and cool in a book. And they're trying to make it cool, but it's just shitty. That is true that
1: with all the... Because it covers... A long period of time, yeah. historically speaking.
0: Because um, vampires yeah, are immortal. Did you guys know that? Fucking
1: Christian Slater, hot as hell. God, this is... I love Christian Slater. He's,
0: He's not even one of the, like, hot sex objects in this movie, though.
1: Uh, yes, he was. Well, oh, yeah, in but you know what pants. I'm saying. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> wow.
1: So, yeah, so Brad Pitt tells his story. Basically, um... It was 1791. I actually did write that down. It was 1791. Um, he was the master of a plantation, which, by the way, yep. is just sort of mentioned in passing, but we'll come back to that. And his wife, did he have a child? His too? wife
0: and child had his just wife died. And
1: di- his wife and child had just died. Mm-hmm. And he was super depressed and he just wanted to die. And then Tom Cruise showed up and he's a vampire named Lestat. And he uh, made Brad Pitt suck all the blood out of him, and it's very weird. It's like, okay, so every time somebody sucks blood out of somebody, it's very erotic. And in this case, like Lestat, like to make someone a vampire, you have to cut your wrist, and then the person has to drink your so, blood from your wrist.
0: Yeah, so the vampire has to bite them first, and then they have to drink blood from that vampire or from another vampire or something, to become a vampire. Otherwise, you just die if you don't take that second step. So they explain that a few times and kind of try to pound it into you that this is not your normal vampire story. There are a lot of differences, and the whole garlic thing is a myth and all the stupid shit. What about uh, crucifixes? Crucifixes? Yeah, can you look at them? Actually, I'm quite fond of looking at crucifixes. How about the old stake through the heart thing? Nonsense. Coffins, how about coffins? Coffins. Coffins, unfortunately, are a necessity.
1: Yeah, that's another thing I want to mention because I was, I don't know. So I'm not a horror movie person. I hate to say that because it seems like everybody's really into horror movies these days. And I'm like not part of that club. Um. So, th- by the way, this is not a movie I would have seen had i been home anyway yeah i would have i this movie would have been i would have avoided this movie at all too costs. much blood yeah because i have always been super sensitive to violence and stuff but i've gotten better and one of the first notes i took was i'm very proud of myself for watching this movie <laughs> um because i was very brave
0: yes you were
1: but i i got nauseated that's the other thing the other reason
0: I got nauseated, too, because of their, like, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise's long hair and acting. Mm-hmm. And,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. I got nauseated that because of all nauseated. the blood. Yeah. And the first, the first, like, half hour of this movie, there's a lot of blood. <laughs> yeah. They're just, like, biting and draining everybody. And oh. it's disturbing and gross. It's just gross. Of course it's disturbing, but it's gross. And, ah, oh, fuck, man. This movie, I don't know.
0: So I just want to talk about my main problem with it. Besides the acting and... looking forward to it. The silliness. We're supposed to think that... So just to recap a little bit, Louis is given a choice by Lestat, whether he wants to be a vampire or not, but then he regrets it and he doesn't want to kill. he
1: he chooses between... He either is going to die or he's going to... Which is
0: what he wanted. He wanted to die. He just... That's confusing. But Louis... Doesn't want to kill. He doesn't want to suck people's blood and kill them and eat people and stuff. So he goes through this long period where he's eating rats and chickens and dogs and other things, and he won't.
1: You have to see him like
0: kill people. Yeah. And we're supposed to think of him as this hero. And then even later in the movie, he like he s- tries to save. He like really cares about Kristen Dunst's character, and he tries to take care of her. And he meets all these other vampires, and they're terrible. He kills them, and he still doesn't want to kill to remain alive, which he has to drink blood and stuff. We're supposed to think he's this hero, like he's the new, he's this moral vampire, and he's this new type of vampire, and it's great and everything. The dude was a fucking slave owner.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, totally. And that was the most, that was the... I mean, there were several things of this movie that were, like, fucked up. But that was one of the most... uh, That was the most fucked up part. Yeah, they present him as this, like, benevolent slave owner. Yeah. And, like, this good slave owner. They literally present him that way. And there's even, like, Thandie Newton. So Thandie Newton plays his... A slave of his who like like, works in his house. house.
0: Slaves. And they clearly have a rapey relationship, like that's closer than it should be.
1: Yeah, so anyway, after he turns into a vampire, she's like concerned about him. She's concerned about her master. And all the slaves are so concerned about him. And I was like, this is so fucked up. They are they're playing. You yeah, I mean you don't get to you don't get to claim that a slave owner was a good guy or was a nice guy. Yeah. You don't get to do that. And then, but the funny part is that that was not even really it wasn't a part of his character. No. I think I genuinely think that they were trying to paint him as a good guy because yeah. he was like nice to her.
0: Well, once. and then he kills her. He bites wasn't her it and can't. Tom
1: Cruise killed her?
0: No, he killed her. But he didn't turn her into a vampire. He just couldn't help himself, and he bit her.
1: Yeah, I was like, and oh, Sandy Newton's in this, and then she was and dead then five she's dead, minutes yeah. later.
0: Um, and I love her. She's great. And then, yeah, he killed her right away. And then he carries her body out to all the rest of the slaves that like have torches and are freaking out because all the animals are dying on the plantation and their master's acting all weird. They know that there's a vampire going on, and there's a, a couple of pretty terrible scenes of the the slaves doing like
1: they're doing what what white people imagine people from africa do they're like dancing around and i'm not saying some people from africa don't do this but like it feels gross yeah it felt it's very stereotypical it seemed to me like they were going for like voodoo almost or i don't know but it was
0: new orleans so yeah i think that's what they're going for but anyway, anyway he comes out carrying her dead body and then Tells all the slaves, "You're free, get away from me!" Like, right, he frees go be—he frees all his slaves. So he's such a fucking hero.
1: Yeah, he really is. Oh, gross. Uh, yeah, that it. I mean, I wow. And then, like, since we're on that topic, later in the movie, there's a scene with straight up blackface, which was a thing at the time. I'm sure it was like minstrels. They show this like performance in a square somewhere and it's just these white people with full-on blackface and they are
0: they're like, acting out weird scenes and there's one like one of them is a little person who's in blackface the, and but then they're, they're
1: clearly d- like making fun of black people they're like i don't know it's so gross and bad and and in passing like you didn't even need to in- include that i don't know Because it's not a part of the story. It's just, like, trying to set the scene, Yeah, it's just part of
0: the setting, and I don't know.
1: And there were no black people in this movie, except slaves, so there's that, too. And then the other thing about this movie is that everyone that these vampires attack is a woman. They always attack women, and they do it in a fucking disgusting way, and it's like... I think the same thought I often think when we watch stuff which is like this is like a fucking male fantasy about men controlling women and murdering women and also um being gay. <laughs> with each other.
0: Yeah, I mean the whole vampire thing it's very Sexual it's very and homoerotic. About and erotic, and stuff. Yeah. That's something I thought was interesting about this. Is this one seemed more homoerotic and more open about it than other vampire stories.
1: There were a couple scenes, um, not till the end. I thought that oh, I mean, it was a lot of the beginning. It was clear that like Lestat and Louis. Yeah, into, Well, Lestat was into Louis, for sure.
0: Yeah, he talked about how beautiful he was, and yeah. then he, like...
1: But then at the end, the there was more... The scene where
0: he bites him is very sexual. He's, like, oh, yeah. holding him and cradling you know, I'm him. I'm saying. It's
1: sexual every time they yeah. do it. Well, Antonio Banderas shows up later, yes. too, which I don't care. Like, we're not going to... Well, as usual, we're not going to get into all the details of this movie. We've told you everything you need to know. The, t- Tom Cruise makes Brad Pitt a fucking vampire. Brad Pitt hates it and he hates having to kill and he's like, you know, trapped in eternal hell. And then they um Lestat makes Kirsten Dunst into a vampire as like a gift for Tom or for um Brad Pitt, whose name is Louis. And then Antonio Barris... Me- and then Antonio Banderas <laughs> comes along with a band of vampires and shit goes down, and who gives a fuck? Well, and then point, that's the end of the interview.
0: At one point, Brad Pitt cuts a vampire in half with a weird like, yeah, that was staff gross. knife thing. That was pretty badass. It turned into an action movie for a second. There was a bunch of fire.
1: I've never seen a worse Antonio Banderas movie, I'll tell you that. Hmm. I mean, listen, I this movie, I thought for the first half of it, it was pretty good. I I did not enjoy watching the first like mm, half hour because it was so bloody and gross, but it was it was genuinely creepy. I you know, it was a pretty good horror movie, I thought. And then so when they introduce Kirsten Dunst, what happens is Tom Cruise makes her a vampire
0: and her hair gets all curly.
1: And it's supposed to be like a gift for Brad Pitt because he's so lonely and it's like now he gets to have a child or something. But um she <laughs> Ends up being this, like, super bloodthirsty little girl, and she just, like, murders the shit out of, like, they're trying to raise her in this way where she's, like, refined. They want her to be, Lestat wants her to be refined, so they're, like, giving her piano lessons, and she keeps murdering the piano teachers, and it's funny. Claudia, what have we told you?
0: Never in the house.
1: It made me laugh, and also, it didn't show all the blood, uh-huh. which I always appreciate, because I get it.
0: Yeah, and some so of that, that stuff whole... was more subtle with her, but it was funnier, because it's like, yeah, she's a child. She's going to act impulsively, and, and she she's going to be... she was very good in it. Yeah, she was she great. She was very
1: funny, uh, and good throughout. I mean, yeah, so, but then the second half, I mean, it kind of went to shit for me, but... I just want to acknowledge that it's not all terrible. I no,
0: mean, and I thought it was interesting. It's kind of a different take on vampire stuff. It's not the oh, typical Dracula, like...
1: Okay, that's what I was trying to say a while ago when I started talking about how I'm not really a horror person. I don't know enough about vampire lore. I didn't know. I was very frustrated by the things they didn't explain in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they said... Like, they go out of their way to say that the garlic thing is a myth and the steak through the heart thing is a myth i could not figure out because so they're immortal but they're not immortal i mean they can die so that's not immortality really right
0: Right. i mean they they need to drink well human that's blood the other thing i didn't no,
1: not human blood
0: well right but they that's need the to drink blood that's the other thing i wasn't clear alive. about
1: because it seemed like they i guess they do need blood to stay alive but that doesn't make sense because Lestat, there's this whole crazy, like, long part of this movie where they keep killing him, yeah. and, and it's gross. I mean, Kristen does
0: tricks him into drinking dead blood, so he drinks blood oh, from blood somebody that, that's already dead,
1: which apparently and he kills thinks they, they were just drugged,
0: but, but they're dead, and so then he starts to like,
1: but it look real kill, old and weird. This is what I don't get. Is like. Okay, so that's a thing. If you drink the blood of a person who is already dead, then the vampire dies. But he doesn't die.
0: No, because they throw him in a swamp and he has enough strength left that an alligator comes and he drinks its blood.
1: But he w- he was like bleeding out.
0: Yeah, it was gross.
1: He like lost all his blood. I don't understand how he survived that, but whatever. Because he drank then the alligator's
0: he... blood. He said that.
1: Okay, fine. Fine. Unrealistic Micah, but okay, whatever. Yeah. So he gets out, he climbs out of the swamp, and he comes out, and he's like, literally, he's the swamp thing. He's he, rotting. Like he's zombie. Disgu- it's so gross.
0: dude. And he goes, and, uh, he just starts playing the piano in their house. And, and he's he like, hey, guys, I'm back. How could it you- be? Ask the alligator. His blood helped. Then on the diet of the blood of
1: snakes. Toads all the putrid life of the Mississippi, slowly, Lestat
0: became something
1: like himself again. Claudia, you've been a very, very naughty little girl. Yeah. And then once he starts drinking blood, he gets all young and, you know, sexy again. Yeah. And... But then they kill him again. They light him on fire. And yeah. it's also gross. And he's just like burning up. And then they think, okay, he's dead now. And he's
0: climbing on the ceiling. He's never burning dead. Up. It's actually never, a pretty badass scene.
1: It is cool, but it's gross and scary. But which... then, yeah,
0: he shows up again hundreds of years later.
1: Uh, let me mention real quick, speaking of vampires, Well, I mean, this whole thing is speaking of vampires. (laughs) But while we're on the subject, I want to say that I have started watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I want to say that because one of the biggest supporters of our show and fans of our show, uh, Mike from Bad Reception Podcast, is a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. Um, And so I want to say that to you, Mike, that I started watching it and I'm enjoying it. It's fun.
0: Now those vampires are fucking ugly looking. they're gross yeah yeah
1: but I I dig that show. it's um, it's quite funny. I enjoy it much more than I enjoyed the interview with the vampire. Um, anyway, so yeah he never he's unkillable and it, I just don't understand why they keep trying to kill an immortal dude because hes keeps not dying yeah. and it's like, well, he's immortal.
0: But he but kills a bunch of other vampires. Do,
1: like other vampires later in the movie, die by being burned up, which he did not die from. Mm-hmm. And then the guy who gets chopped in half dies. Which, I mean, that doesn't even really make sense to me. If you're immortal, like you could just put your body back together.
0: And Kirsten Dunst turns to ash. That because was really she's sad. Exposed to sunlight. That
1: that was hard to watch. Yeah, she and this woman who became a vampire so that. She would have a child, and Kristen Dunst's mom would have a mom. They are finally like united, and then they both turn to dust. Yeah, because of the
0: because they're they're mean vampires in Paris. So,
1: oh God, Kirsten yeah, Dunst that whole thing. And
0: Louis go to Paris to try to find other vampires. They're like searching the world. They travel all over looking for other vampires. They finally find some in Paris, and then. Louis kills them all and he goes back to New Orleans and it's like present day and he walks out of a movie theater and he, one thing I thought was interesting was that he lives for like hundreds of years and he's alone and he's searching for other vampires, but then he realizes like, I'm not going to find any, I killed them all in Paris. And movies are invented, films are invented. And at the very beginning of the movie, he goes and he sees his final son- Rise and realizes he'll never see it again because he's going to become a vampire so he says goodbye to sunrises and he talks a lot about how he misses color and everything but I liked that film was invented and then he started going to movies and seeing they were black and white but he talks about eventually then I got to see color again, and I got to see sunlight and mm-hmm. sunrises, and he, movies, yeah. he shows all these things, and then he walks out of a theater in San Francisco, and they show, or maybe it's New Orleans, I don't know, they show the marquee says, Tequila Sunrise is the movie he went to see, <laughs> which I think it's a little too on the nose, hmm. but I see what they're going for.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, the whole like passing of time thing and going through different historical periods, I thought... Could be, could have been cool. And that's one of the things.
0: In the book. Yeah, like, I
1: imagine that in the book. But in the movie, um, they only used it for racism. So, (laughs) they did. Yeah. And coming back to the sexism of this movie, um, like, I have already said, all the brutality in this movie is focused on women. Almost all. Like, their, their targets are always these young, busty women but there are at least two probably more that i'm forgetting scenes with just like gratuitous breasts mm-hmm. for no reason at all well, and i fi- i'm fine with like i don't i'm not like offended by seeing breasts i'm just saying this is a movie that i bet no woman was anywhere within miles of making this movie and i don't think any black person was within miles of making this movie or any other person of color probably so I'm just saying it's another movie made by a bunch of white dudes about a bunch of white dudes, you know?
0: Well, I'm not disagreeing with you, but the book was written by Anne Rice, who was a woman. Um, But yes, I mean, all vampire movies and stories are very sexualized, and I think they want to show that, but it was, it did feel gratuitous and kind of, not kind of, it felt very like They were excited that they had a reason to show a naked woman on screen several times.
1: And then and then so that she was just a sacrifice. Yeah, Yeah. so that they could just kill her. And it's like, and that was erotic. erotic. So none of the women
0: become, what do they call them? Like companions or whatever. It's only other men that they want to be their companions. They're like, they're the ones they turn into vampires that they want to be with and live with.
1: Yeah, I was wondering. The women,
0: they just slaughter and...
1: What happened, yes, exactly.
0: So, of course, after they've tried to kill Lestat, like, twice, two or three times, I don't know, he shows back up again. Um, Brad Pitt goes back to New Orleans, and he's just wandering around, and and he smells old death that mortals wouldn't smell. But he wanders into this old abandoned mansion with, like, dead rats laying everywhere, and it's gross. And he goes upstairs, and Lestat's just chilling in an armchair um looking pretty old and beat you up you said
1: there were dead rats in there i don't think yeah. i noticed that so he's been drinking the blood of rats
0: well, Is what you're saying i don't know they were just like on the ground near the entrance there were a whole bunch of dead rats
1: because that was one of the things i was confused by was like well does he need to drink blood to stay alive because he couldn't even move he could barely move yeah like I it looks like
0: he's barely hanging on and he's just where's he getting he's his able blood? to get a rat and like kill it and then but he he can't go out and find a person i don't I know never... it's not very well explained like
1: right and i still never he dies finished that book
0: and yeah. like
1: yeah i that's what i was so fucking frustrated by was that it was not clear what the rules of vampires are yeah okay so sunlight kills you you have to sleep in a coffin
0: yeah i loved that so they they do they as he's explaining some of the things to Christian Slater, he's like, the garlic thing is nonsense, and this is nonsense. And Christian Slater's like, what about coffins? Oh, yeah, unfortunately, coffins are... That one's true. Mm-hmm. But they don't they're explain a necessity.
1: why. <laughs> they're he a necessity. says they're a necessity. Well, it's to keep them from light. It's to protect them from the light. But
0: it doesn't have to be a coffin.
1: What other bed has a is a has a has lid on it?
0: Well, it could just be any dark room. No,
1: no. Or- there's the risk of sunlight getting into a dark room.
0: Not if it doesn't have windows oh, and double do you remember? doors. You could sleep in a fucking dark room. There Vampires part, would be awesome photographers.
1: There was a part, well, that same part where he's in the armchair. Um, and you're like, Jesus Christ. Like, fucking, this is so, so dumb. Um there was was it a helicopter outside? Yes, there was I wrote a that A helicopter down too. outside, shining light <laughs> in, so and weird. Lestat was like, "Ah, he freaks out. Ah, I'm dying." Supposedly, it's like it's false light or something. But then I realized, oh yeah, because he doesn't know what that is.
0: He does, well, except he's, he's been around been alive. for hundreds of years too. Yeah,
1: I don't I, know. My
0: question about that was: so this house is supposedly just in a residential neighborhood in New Orleans that Brad Pitt was wandering around. Do helicopters normally fly like 30 or 10, 15 feet off the ground in residential neighborhoods and just shine their lights in buildings? Absolutely,
1: yeah. I think I'm done talking about this movie, honestly. Well, we We have to talk about the end. Sure, we can talk about the end. Best part of this movie, Kirsten Dunst, by far. Yeah. Uh,
0: And the sexy, sexy hair of Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise, I mean... (sighs) Tom Cruise has blonde hair in this movie Which is weird, it was a weird choice
1: I mean, you thought the acting sucked I thought the acting was fine There were parts
0: where it was okay
1: Uh, I don't know, I thought Tom Cruise was Good in this role I mean, it's a ridiculous role Yeah, And that's the thing Um, And Brad Pitt, I I always liked Brad Pitt Chewed up the
0: scenery, if you know what I mean
1: I always liked Brad Pitt um, This was probably my least favorite Watching of Brad Pitt Ever So thanks for that Whoever directed this movie? Who directed this movie?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Anyway, we didn't even take the time to look it up. We're getting really lazy yeah. and pissed off about you, the well, things we're watching. You're lately.
1: supposed to be the one who. I'm sorry. When we started this podcast, we ha- we set up this dynamic where mm-hmm. it was like I was coming in as a wide-eyed, innocent, you know, much like the women that vampires go after, mm-hmm. and I was just topless. Like the women, yeah, in this movie, you know, and I was like metaphorically cynical, speaking, and evil and I was coming in, predator. Basically, yeah, yeah, you were the vampire, and I was the, um, the meat, the, the the bait.
0: Oh no, I think you're talking about our vampire sex podcast
1: called "I Never Saw That." Yes, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> that's it. Anyways, anyways, uh, let's talk about life, the no, wait, end. Okay, wait, this wait, up. wait. Can I just make one other
0: hilarious joke?
1: Astute observation. Yes, and that is that Tom Cruise is basically a vampire in real life. Think about it.
0: Tell me more.
1: Fucking Scientology, man. Scientology drains the life out of people and drains the soul out of people and turns them into you know, it's they're true. basically trapped in hell forever i'm not i'm actually not joking i i think that it's an apt um comparison i don't really care if you agree with me or not because i know that i'm right
0: and dude is like 65 years old at this point and looks like he's about 30 he looks exactly the same as he did i
1: don't think he's 65 you're right
0: he's 70 he's pushing 70 (laughs) i think he's
1: seriously though do you get that like comparison yes sort of a little bit I do think that David Miscavige, who is the leader of the Church of Scientology, is a fucking... He probably is a vampire, actually, now that I'm thinking about
0: it. <laughs> he's a mythical creature Not that a sucks joke. the blood of other people? Yes, he's a hmm. fucking vampire. Okay. Oh, you I'm
1: sorry. You don't believe in mythical creatures You don't now? mean that
0: metaphorically at all? You're well, just... I, d-
1: I do, and I actually... But I did, go when I went into this... Mm-hmm observation and now, and now as i'm coming out of it i'm realizing this isn't metaphorical at all this is real life right.
0: that was a hell of a tangent can we talk about christians later now
1: yeah let's just wrap this up quickly okay. here's so the end
0: at the end of the story um brad pitt is trying to tell this story so that the world will know his story and Yeah, for
1: what purpose?
0: Well, he he wants, at least he wants Christian Slater to realize, like, this is a terrible curse. And Christian Slater is like, no, man, this sounds fucking awesome. You need to make me a vampire. I want your power.
1: That was ridiculous.
0: And so he, like, chokes him and holds him up against the ceiling and is like, you want to die? You want to die? And then he drops him. And he's like, no, I don't. And so then he runs out to his convertible Mustang and takes off, and he's driving across the Golden Gate Bridge, listening to the tapes that he just recorded of this interview. And he's like, yes, I got it. This is amazing. And guess who's in the backseat of the car? Lestat jumps up.
1: Fucking Lestat.
0: Bites him and says, I'm going to give you a choice that I was never given. And
1: Oh, well, we didn't explain that before, so that doesn't make sense now. But that was something he said to Louis. I mentioned it. When he created the vampire of louis he gave him the choice between dying and becoming a vampire you might have mentioned it but i'm saying it anyway just in case you didn't and so clearly christian slater then becomes tom cruise's next fuck boy but i why (laughs) why in the fuck i
0: is he still alive
1: it was this it was so disappointing because i knew the whole time that christian slater was doomed it was obvious I was like, he's not going to he's not gonna walk out of this alive. I mean, Brad Pitt even tells him at the beginning that he's he was planning to drink his blood. So I was like, Okay, well this is gonna end with that. So at no point did I think he was gonna get away from it, even mm-hmm. when he was in his car.
0: Right. You knew but it was I coming. Did and you not knew expect Tom to, Cruise was not I, dead.
1: I did not I don't actually even know what I was thinking. It's been a while since we watched this movie. I know when I think about it now,
0: <laughs>
1: it makes me so annoyed. And that's it.
0: And that's the end of the movie. So, then Tom Cruise drives you know, away looking I, all sexy again. I was
1: excited to – yeah, he's all young and sexy again. I was excited to watch this movie sort of because, like I said, I was really proud of myself for watching like a horror movie that was really bloody. And it turned out like not that great to watch, but like I said, there's a I think there's a twenty minute or so, maybe less, maybe ten to fifteen minute span of the movie that I genuinely really enjoyed.
0: The little montage of Kristen Dunst killing everyone.
1: Yes, they don't show her killing people, but, right? But that, but it's suggested, and it's really funny because it's because Lestat and Louis are yeah. like these. Murdering vampires, but they're also her dad's now. And And so they're like, they're frustrated with
0: her. Like, they're frustrated with, yes, totally. (laughs) Like, Like, oh, "Oh,
1: God, we told you, you cannot kill the piano teacher. (laughs) Yeah. Stop Uh,
0: killing your nanny.
1: Yeah. So I genuinely enjoyed that part. I thought it was very, very, very good dark humor. And then, but pretty much everything else was kind of just painful for me to watch. And that's it. I mean, I don't. Hey, Micah. Mm Mm-hmm? What's the vampire's favorite cereal? Uh,
0: Bloody-O's? Yep. You got it. uh, Good job. uh, You tell me one now. Okay. Knock, knock.
1: Who's there?
0: A vampire.
1: A vampire who? I
0: want to suck your blood. Well...
1: Seems like as good a place to end as any. Thank you so much for listening to our little show.
0: Wait, that was a joke. Just let me in.
1: What accent are you doing now?
0: Vampire.
1: Oh boy,
0: (laughs) (laughs) that was a good vampire accent. Was it? You got to admit.
1: Okay, I don't. Okay, ah, now is a really good time to become a Patreon supporter of ours a really good time first of all we only need 18 more until i get a tattoo what number two though is that if you are if you become a patron at ten dollars or or more a month um you get the mixtape reward oh yeah we're finally getting our shit together only a 25 dollar and up reward before so now's the time uh if you want a mixtape i'm very good at making Um playlists. She is and I
0: got I got my tape deck out, so you're gonna get a real fucking tape.
1: We're gonna do an actual tape and we're going to do a Spotify playlist.
0: Maybe if we can figure out the technology. Oh,
1: we don't know if we can do that. Okay. Well we will figure out a way to share a digital playlist with people, I hope, because that's how most people listen to music. We'll
0: figure something out.
1: Okay. So become a patron. We could really use your support. As always, this takes a lot of time, you know?
0: And then Jen could get a sweet Lestat tattoo.
1: And just like, you know, you should support the uh, creators that you love. In, and there are a variety of ways to do that. But yeah. I'm just encouraging you to do that. And also tell people that you love what they do.
0: Not just us.
1: Especially indie creators. It really matters a lot. There's we so appreciate many good it very, very much. Podcast out I there. I didn't say just... I wasn't even talking about us necessarily. I
0: know. And I want to say that... At the beginning of this episode, we talked a lot about the Mandela Effect, and I had known about it before, but I learned more about it, and some of the nonsense that I was spouting I learned from...
1: That's Weird. Yes. I've been listening to a lot of
0: That's Weird podcasts, which is great. Which I also love, but Micah
1: has become obsessed with.
0: Yeah. And they talked about the Mandela Effect in one of their earliest episodes. I'm going through all their old episodes right now, and it's a lot of fun. So check out That's Weird, because they're another great local seattle northwest podcast
1: weird stuff funny funny women yeah it's a great it's a great show
0: they probably have vampire episodes too that i haven't heard so go listen to one right now
1: okay thanks to grandma cray for our artwork
0: thanks to Fifi folios for our webernet stuff
1: thanks to minus violet for our music
0: until next time see See you in the the 90s Do you still want death, or have you tasted? It?